2: That's right. It is the 30 something movie podcast. I am your host John Reed and I am here with my my league of our own. I've got some some wonderful upstanding gentlemen with me here this evening and and Pat's here too. Hi Pat. That's right. That's right. I am here. Ah. I am not a gentleman. Okay. So Pat is here as you can tell. Jeff is also here. Jeff how's it going?
3: Hi everyone! It's good to be here. I'm a little cold, actually, but
2: as I say, you've got like the Emperor Palpatine hoodie action going on.
3: You know, I'm down in the man cave right now, and it's a little chilly down here. Okay. Hi, Pat.
2: Hi, Bo.
1: Hi, guys.
3: Hey, you guys. Bo. (laughs) All right. Should we just record the whole episode like that? (laughs) We we could. That wouldn't be offensive to anyone. (laughs) The League of the Road is a good movie.
2: Have you seen my baseball movie?
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's a mashup for you.
2: Uh, (laughs) What did you mean by (laughs) mashup? Let's move on. Moving on. Yikes. Moving on. (laughs) Just be aware. There, There are... Possible spoilers here as we start talking about movies. Also, do not forget to visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, or become a co-executive producer via Patreon. So if you want to go check that part of it out, because we've got some great Patreon episodes as well that are exclusive to those who join us there, that's at 30podcast.com. Dot com. Because this is the first episode of February, we're going to jump in the DeLorean and head back in time to this month in 92, February of 1992. Uh, a few things that were going on in February of 92. Feel free if you guys remember anything you were doing in February of 92. You can, you can jump in and interject anytime you want. Uh, some top news things going on. February 5th, jury selection begins in the trial of Los Angeles police charged with the beating of Rodney King. February 15th, the 100th episode of Cops. Airs on Fox. What you gonna do? Bad Boys. And February 20th, Ross Perot announced that he will run for president on Larry King Live.
0: That's right, wow. Ross Perot.
2: Births for, I only found a couple that were, I just found one that I wrote down here. Anybody a fan of the Twilight movies? Not in this crowd? Crickets. Kind of figured it Okay, Cricket. all right. Well, Taylor Lautner, who was in the Twilight movies, was born on February 11th, 1992. Oh, good for him. Deaths. There were a couple of notable deaths in February of 92. February 10th, Alex Haley, the writer of the autobiography of Malcolm X and Roots, died at age 70 in February of 92. And on February 20th of 92, Dick York, the actor who played Darren Unbewitched, died of emphysema at age 63. One of the top sports things in here, February 16th, the L.A. Lakers retire Magic Johnson's number 32 uniform. Top Top book was Hideaway by Dean Kuntz. Top movies were The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Medicine Man, and Wayne's World. And then the top songs for February of 92 were Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by George Michael and Elton John. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Too sexy for my love. Too
3: sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. And
2: to be with you by Mr. Big, which Bo wasn't that uh, wasn't that one of yours when we did our favorite songs episode.
1: It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was top one of the top on the playlist for our wedding, and that song still has a special place in my heart. That's what I thought.
2: Well, that is it for February of ninety two. We'll be back here next month. First episode next month for March of ninety two, so we can see what's going on then. Our movie this time is A League of Their Own. It came out on the 1st of July, 1992. It was uh, rated PG, had a runtime of 2 hours and 8 minutes, directed by Penny Marshall, who died in 2018. She also did Big and Awakenings. Our producers on this one were Elliot Abbott and Robert Greenhut. Elliot Abbott also did Awakenings and Renaissance Man. Greenhut did Working Girl and Dog Day Afternoon. Writers for this one, Kim Wilson, Kelly Candelay. I probably said that wrong. Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel. Wilson did A League of Their Own. That's the only credit on there. Cand- Candale, I'm probably saying that absolutely wrong, but we'll, we'll work with it. Did a documentary called When Hope and History Rhymed. Gans did Laverne and Shirley and Multiplicity, and Mandel did Multiplicity and Splash. Cinematography was done by Miroslav Andrzejczyk, who died in 2015. Did the cinematography for Amadeus and Hare. Editor for this one was Adam Bernardi and George Bowers. Bowers died in 2012. Bernardi did I Love Trouble and Beastmaster 2. Bowers did Buckaroo Bonsai and Money Train. Music was done by Hans Zimmer, who did Gladiator and Inception. Budget was $40 million. Box office was $132.4 million. Flickmetrics gives this one a 71%, and CinemaScore did not have a score for this one. Starring Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. He was in Apollo 13 and Castaway. Gina Davis played Dottie Henson, the catcher. She was in The Fly and Thelma and Louise. Lori Petty was Kit Keller. She was the pitcher. She was in Tank Girl and Point Break. Madonna played Mae Mortabito. She was a center fielder. She was in Evita and Die Another Day. Rosie O'Donnell played Doris Murphy, the third base. She was in the Flintstones and Sleepless in Seattle. Megan Cavanaugh played Marla Hooch. She was second base. She was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights and Dracula Dead and Loving It. Tracy Rayner played Betty Horn, left field and pitcher. She was in Die Hard and Pretty Woman. Biddy Shram played Evelyn Gardner. She was right field. She was in Die Hard? Yeah, she was, she was somebody's administrative assistant. She was a secretary in Die Hard. Oh.
3: I'll have to go back and watch for that. Yeah.
2: All right. All right. Well, let's see. Biddy Shram was in the TV series Monk and the movie One Fine Day. Anne Cusack played Shirley Baker. She was left field. She was in Gross Point Blank and Accepted. Anne Ramsey played Helen Haley. She was first base. She was in Mad About You and the 2001 Planet of the Apes. Freddie Simpson played Ellen Sue Gotlander. She was the shortstop and pitcher. She was in Popcorn and Thunderboat Row. Renee Coleman played Alice Gaspers. She was left field and center field. Or no, I'm sorry, left field and catcher. She was in. I think she was the evil leaper in Quantum Leap when they did like those three episodes of the like demonic leaper or whatever it was.
0: Ooh, yeah, that was the a Mirror
2: nice.
1: Universe leaper. Yeah, if you will.
2: Yeah, she had a goatee and everything. It was weird. And she a sash. was in that. And but
1: you have to have a sash in the Mirror Universe, probably.
2: Yeah. And then the movie Who's Harry Crumb? David Strathairn played Ira Lowenstein. He was in L.A. Confidential and Good Night
3: and Good Luck. He is, he is such an underappreciated Hollywood talent. Yes, he is. He is awesome. And every movie I've ever seen him I in, I, have yeah, not, I, I can't agree. think
2: of a bad performance. Gary Marshall, who died in 2016, played Walter Harvey. He was in Pretty Woman and Never Been Kissed. John Lovitz played Ernie Cappadino. He was in Mr. Destiny and The Three Amigos. Bill Pullman played Bob Henson. He was in Independence Day and Spaceballs. And Eddie Jones, who died in 2019, played Dave Hooch. He was in Lois and Clark and Sneakers. As America's stock of athletic young men is depleted during World War II, a professional all-female baseball league springs up in the Midwest, funded by publicity-hungry candy maker Walter Harvey. Competitive sisters Dottie and Kit spar with each other. Scout Ernie and grumpy has-been coach Jimmy Dugan on their way to fame madonna and rosie o'donnell co-star as two of the sisters teammates i'd like to lead you all in a little prayer dear lord may our feet be swift may our bats be mighty may our balls
3: be plentiful and lord i just like to thank you for that waitress in south bend you know who she is she kept calling your name This summer, Tom Hanks is managing the impossible, the Rockford Peaches. Sounded good.
1: So let for the girls' team. Let's give the coach a break. You're still missing the cutoff, man. Now, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season.
3: Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ballgame for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week.
0: We only make 30 at the dairy.
3: Well, then, this
0: would be more, wouldn't it?
3: The manager, Tom Hanks.
0: Are you crying?
1: There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball.
3: The catcher, Gina Davis.
1: What do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out
3: of me? What do you say I smack you around for a while?
1: Can't we do both?
3: The pitcher, Lori Petty.
1: I made it! I'm a Pete! A Rockford
0: Pete. The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? Let's see how it works here. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there are men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms?
3: A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. All right, our usual That's first a question. Trailer for an entirely different movie. Say, say it again. That's a trailer for an entirely different movie. Like I listened to that trailer, and I that to me that is not what A League of Their Own is. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I it's it's funny to hear you say that, Jeff. I, I don't want to derail this thing right away, but that trailer was problematic in several areas. Yeah. I got and honestly, I felt like I'm like I, it was I was kind of cringing to be honest with you.
3: Yeah, they I mean, they really went out of their way to set up the women to be the the butt of the jokes. Just women yeah. in general to be the butt of the jokes throughout the movie, and that is not at all what this movie had to offer.
0: Very interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so what does that say about <laughs> movies from 30 years ago? I mean, I don't I don't want to ki- I don't want to come out of the gate swinging, but what <laughs> well, like, I mean, what, I, what I, did we just
3: I think that's why we're here. Is is to critique these things, we, you know, to look at how these things hold up and right off the bat, that trailer was yeah, definitely kind of problematic.
0: Yeah. You guys ever see Aaron Brockovich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. You remember that, remember that when she sits down with the company, the oil company, the PG&E or whatever, and the first statement, she goes, well, you see, that pisses me off right there. That's kind of how I felt. Like, I listened to this, and I'm just like, well, that, that pisses me off right there. Like, I mean, I just. just.
3: There, there's, there's so much heart to these characters. There's, there's so much heart to the stories. There's heartbreak with a lot of these stories and, and what it, you know, it's commentary about different types of relationships and motivation. And, you know, it, it, it through a lot of questions out there regarding society and society's values, you, you know, at the time, the setting of the movie, and clearly <laughs> at the time that that trailer was put together, but that, mm-hmm. I mean, that trailer didn't touch on any of that.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I'm
3: kind it was, of disappointed in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it sold the thing like a comedy. And I was like, did yeah. I miss? Like,
3: I was just thinking that. If I saw that trailer and then went to go see the movie, I would expect to see a stupid kind of comedy.
0: I, well, and not even, but like, hey, look at the hijinks they get up. I mean, it was almost like the the movie The Replacements, you know, which wasn't really like a straight up like, comedy but there were definitely it leaned into the humor and it was you know I would have expected something like that yeah that that trailer was uh
2: what would you have replaced so what are what are a couple of scenes in the movie that you
0: would have replaced
2: some of the more you know where they focus on the comedic stuff and then being the butt of the jokes are there any scenes a couple of scenes in particular that you're like this would have really showcased what this movie is about better
3: I think just maybe what one or two of the more dramatic scenes right like maybe a clip of when when kit is yelling uh at Dottie in the house after she's been traded like the whole like i was getting too good wasn't i i knew you'd find a way to to hold me down like you know maybe that clip or god i don't know
2: it probably needs to be the i think it would need to be that for a trailer if you're trying to catch people's attention it'd have to be like the dramatic the yelling the kind of a fight between them i the one i like would have been some of the scenes when they're on the bus and they're talking to each other. They're either like teaching the one girl to, to read, or they're talking about you know, what they song. used to do back home, and mm-hmm. yeah,
3: mm-hmm. or the, the the clip between Lowenstein and Harvey Harry Marshall's character. I can't think of his name. Yeah,
1: the Lowenstein yeah. and Harvey stuff was good, especially when they're talking about
3: you know I sold a product when there was no product. This is a product. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? And then cut back to what we're supposed to send the men coming back from the war back to the kitchen like that type of question drop that in the trailer. I don't know. There's there's a lot to this movie that they could have could have done in the trailer to give the movie or to to paint a better picture of what the experience of this movie will be and yeah, I I don't know. No one's asking me to make trailers, so you know, what do I know? Yeah. Other than what they put together was not representative of what this movie is. Yeah.
2: So how does it, when you saw, when, you, when we knew that this movie was coming up and you saw it on the list, how does our usual first question, how does this movie make you feel? Forgetting the trailer and thinking about the actual movie itself, how does this movie make you feel?
3: Well, to steal a line from Brad Pitt and Moneyball, how can you not be romantic about baseball? <laughs> Indeed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I, it's... Th- th- I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a word for it. Or I can't think of a word for how this movie makes me feel. Nostalgic? I don't, I don't think that's the right word.
2: Maybe you just sum it up. Just you, you just need James Earl Jones to come on and say, Baseball. Baseball. That's all you got to say.
3: because I,
2: mean, I think it's, I mean, to your point, it's, it's nostalgic, but it's just, because it just seems like baseball movies, like other baseball movies, even if they're not great, there's just something about a baseball movie that kind of gives you the same feeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like a league of their own. It's Major League. It's uh, Field, Field of Dream. Dreams. Stand lot. Yeah. yeah. And it's I don't know working. that I can describe what those like why I enjoy those. I just know that I do. And I think a decent portion of it, and I never played baseball as a kid, but I think I loved baseball. I love going to baseball games with my dad and with my family and, you know, love playing pickup ball with friends, but I was never on an actual team, never played, but I don't know. I just, something about baseball.
3: But I, I think that's it. I think, you know, it's for all, for all of us, it's, it's the memories of what baseball means to us the experience of baseball like you you know my experience is watching games with my dad and yeah I never played baseball either but it's 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 a connection point between my dad you know and and I think that's the experience for a lot of people is what the game has meant for them and the generation before them you know, so I, th- I think that's where people a lot of people land when they th- start thinking about baseball and baseball movies is they start thinking about those sorts of connections and memories. Now, is it always baseball? No, because not everybody's into baseball. But I think that when you start for me, when you start talking about baseball, that's where my mind goes as well is I just think about all of those moments and experiences that my dad and I have had. and hopefully we'll continue to have for a long time when we you know when we're rooting on our on our rooting on our cubbies and talking baseball and yeah all of those feelings come up with a a good baseball movie
2: oh you're a baseball fan you go to a lot of cubs games is that same same feeling for you
1: yeah it, there's jeff put it into better words than i can there just aren't words to describe it any baseball movie will tends to do it's hard for them to make a bad one it seems i'm sure they're out there but (laughs) it's hard and i can't think of one off the top of my head um so definitely predisposed to liking this movie just by the nature of it being a baseball movie but you know it surpasses even the baseballness of the movie and so yeah i mean i I,
3: well and most nothing but enjoyment from this movie Most baseball movies seem to have a level of respect for the sport or a a level of love for the sport that they're trying to honor that always seems to come through. Even, you know, compare Field of Dreams and Major League, two very different types of baseball movies, A, A League of Their Own and The Rookie or The Sandlot or whatever. They all come from an angle that seems to appreciate and love the sport but then using that to comment on larger ideas
0: yeah
3: Oh. pat what do you got
0: well i first i mean i think i went to the theater to see this movie with the family when it came out and my mom was a big baseball fan my dad kind of I don't want to say take it or leave it like he was dismissive of it, but I, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as much as like football and stuff, but mom was a big baseball fan. And uh, so, yeah, we went and saw it. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I just think it's just a not just, no justs in there. But I think what my feeling is, is just, it's just a great story. There's a ton of heart. It's about family. It's about sisters interacting. And in, in many ways, I, I, I mean, it's refreshing to see a film that's that's about that's about women, right? I mean, what other movies have we reviewed so far that's kind of like that? Felman is Centered, you know, it's a completely different topic matter, but do you get what I'm saying? Like and I'm I'm kind of hard pressed to see that. And so I think that's really cool looking back on seeing a movie where, hey, we just went and saw a movie. And we're all talking about, you know, we were all relatively the same age when it came out and it wasn't like, oh, that was a chick flick or, oh, that was a, you know, whatever. And we could enjoy it too. It was like, no, this is just a movie. And it's a story about primarily about women and starring women in the main roles and and the whole thing. And I'm kind of getting off the, the plot here a little bit in my answer, but yeah, it was just a great story. It was, it was heartwarming. And yeah, I'm admittedly not the most knowledgeable on baseball, and I'm not the biggest fan, not in terms of I don't like it, but it's just in terms of how much I watch it. But yeah, it really shows an aspect of it from a historical perspective that's fascinating. And I mean, the love of the game definitely comes through in it. And I just think that's that's pretty awesome stuff. One of the things that I thought was interesting, and I I wish I, I wish I could have found more on this
2: story, I found a... A, a Q&A session that somebody had with Penny Marshall after they had done a showing of the movie. It was Penny Marshall and Lori Petty were together for this Q&A. And she was talking about it, and she said, well, you know, this was a script that nobody... She said, I've, I've tried to buy the rights to this. She said, I saw a, kind of a documentary, or I'd heard about this women's baseball league from the 40s, and she's like, and, and nobody remembers it. Like, it, it was put in place by, by Wrigley, in 1943 and lasted until 1954 and then after that people pretty much forgot about it she said well i I stumbled across a documentary on this i loved it i wanted to make a movie about it but here's the interesting part because i to me i would have thought people might have jumped at the chance so I, i would love to know more about this if anybody listening knows please call in chime in let us know apparently she wanted the script to be written completely by women she wanted the story and screenplay done completely by women, and every woman writer that she asked passed on it. Nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> so that's why she then had to go to Lowell Gantz, who had done Laverne and Shirley with her, and Babalu Mandel, and she knew that they could write women characters, so you know she went to them, and you know, they they knew baseball, so she wanted them to to be the ones that wrote it, but apparently she tried to... You know, at first pass, she tried to have this be a movie directed by women, starring women, written by women, and all the women writers passed on it. So I would be curious to know. I I tried to find what I could to see why that was the case. Couldn't find anything, but that came straight from her. So I'm assuming
3: that that's not that's not a made up story.
1: I
2: think interesting.
3: I think it's telling about what was important for her in this story. And the clearly, it's, it' the authenticity of the female experience, and it just happens in this case, happens to be set in or around baseball, but I think she'd, I, I would assume that that's what she was going for, she wanted it to be as real as possible. And it, it'd be interesting to see, you know, luckily, the, the writer she, she landed on had a, I would assume a decent sense of writing from the female perspective, but it would have been interesting to see what a female writer would have done with this story and what they, what they may have stressed more or less than what we got. And that's cool that that was her, her anthem with this was, it was really trying to capture the, the female mindset and the female experience, the female viewpoint.
2: Now I didn't ask this question initially, and Pat, you said you kind of remember going to see this in the theater. I'm assuming I'm assuming this was not anybody's first viewing of this movie.
3: Mm-mm. Okay, mm. that's
2: that's kind of what I figured. We actually watched it. Was it about a year ago? I knew that this one was going to be coming up for our '92 movies, but it was probably about a year ago now. It might might even been about this time last year. I was looking for something to watch with the kids, and so mm-hmm. I'm always looking for like a, a good. PG movie that's, you know, got a good message to it. It's got some funny parts to it, but we can all watch it together regardless of you know how old we are. And I I kind of stumbled across, I think it was around the time I might have been making the list for this year. So it would have been like spring, summer of, of last year. And I remember coming across this one, I was like, okay, let's let's do this one. I remember this one being rated PG. I remember it being probably mostly fine, so I'll take a look real quick and, and we'll put it on. And the kids really enjoyed it, and it was it was kind of funny because, you know, at first, I did, John was like, oh, it's a girls' movie about baseball. I mean, I like the mm-hmm. baseball part. But then as we got to watching the movie, like, Nora loved it. And John ended up really enjoying it, too. And I mean, he, and he thought, you know, some of the, some of the, his favorite parts to it, I remember, were he just thought it was hilarious that, that Tom Hanks had to start in on the, are you crying?
3: Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball.
2: But it was fun because it was, it was one of those movies where the whole family could enjoy it. One of the rare occasions that every single member of the family enjoyed equally the movie that we had put on to watch together.
1: Right.
3: Right.
2: Because there was something for everybody. You know, Sharon and I had seen this movie before and <coughs> really enjoyed it. You know, we get some of the humor that the kids didn't get. And then John gets a baseball movie because he loves baseball. You know, Nora gets a movie where it's got some funny parts to it, and, you know, she gets to watch a, you know, a, a women's baseball team playing at a time when that wasn't something that was typically happening. I had read up a little bit on how, in real life, the league that was created was pretty much profitable from the beginning. Like, they didn't really struggle as much as it shows that they did in this movie, and that they almost, almost to kind of what we we're talking about with the trailer, that. In this movie, they showed, you know, having to kind of pressure the girls into using gimmicks and using tricks and, well, you know, do, do this, like a little bit more flair or, you know, do, wear the short skirts or things like that to get people to watch. When I guess in reality, the women's league, you know, it they were playing in towns that didn't typically have live baseball that you could watch. So it sounded like plenty of people were coming out to the games. They didn't have to do that kind of stuff in real life. So I think that might have just been an, a case a little bit like that trailer where the movie makers thought, all right, well, we got to kind of play this up and
0: do some gimmicky yeah. funny
2: stuff for the movie.
0: There's got to be some drama. It would be fun to read the book, you know, whatever the book is on this or a book. Or, you know what I'm saying? It would be fun to read just kind of the account and go through and get a little bit of the fact versus fiction type of thing. I did notice on this rewatch a heck of a lot more. I was more attuned to just how much of a, how, how closed society was to women. Right. I mean, cause I always remember, and maybe it's just cause I saw it a lot more when I was younger, it was always like, Oh yeah, well, they're the bad guys and they're just kind of keeping these people. To, but then no, when you see it and, and just kind of it all washed over me this time, like just how closed that whole thing was, you know, not just, Oh, well, You got to play in skirts or whatever, but just the things people calling out to them from the stands and laughing and nastiness and just, it was, yeah, that, that piece of it seemed a lot more prevalent this time.
2: The one scene that I really enjoy and and I've noticed it more the last two times that I've watched this movie is the scene where they're warming up before one of the games and the ball Mm -hmm. goes off towards the I think the first baseline. And there's a group of African-American women standing there and one of them picks up the ball and and just wails it much farther than you would think she would. And they just kind of like smile and nod at each other. And I'm like, you know what, mm-hmm. I, number one, I love that scene for everything that is not said in that scene, but that you completely understand what is not being said. And that scene, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it was one of those things of like, let's make a sequel to a league of their own, like that would be the sequel I would love to see.
3: Was there an African-American women's baseball league? That's
2: what, you know, I, I started to go look it up and I just, I kind of ran out of time before we started recording. So I'll, I'll take a look. Give me a minute.
3: I mean, that, talk, that, talk scene amongst is, is, that scene is very poignant. And mm-hmm. like you said, it, it's what they don't say that makes the scene say everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, they did, I know they didn't allow them in that league. And I don't think they had their own league, from what I recall. What
2: I found here very quickly while. is the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League never integrated, so black women had no professional league in which to play. They instead had to play in semi-pro or recreational leagues or carve out spaces in male leagues.
3: Because Jackie Robinson had already broken the color barrier yeah. in baseball by the time this story unfolds. But, yeah, I mean, I, again, it we see that scene, and it triggers a lot of the history that we already know, which is why they don't have to explain a lot of anything in that scene. But it now it, it, it does the question about African American female athletes and what their what their opportunities were in terms of of being able to try to do a thing. And it, it comes at a decent time in the movie too because we're starting to see the progression and acceptance of the 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 women's women's baseball. And you know as a movie viewer, you're sitting there going, okay, good people are getting into it. They're starting to find some success. It's growing. It's doing what it's supposed to do. And then a fifteen-second scene, and you're like, "But there's so much more yeah. room for for growth here."
1: Yeah, and they linger on it just enough where you like, "Hmm, yeah, that was well done." So that's where I would love to see because I just I was
2: looking it up really fast, and most of the information here on kind of the history of black women in baseball is that they played in the Negro Leagues. And so they played alongside men, but they never really had... For lack of a better term, a league of their own. But there were women playing in, and 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 even black women playing in some of those teams, even as early as. Let's see, I, the earliest year I see here is there may have been women playing baseball in the in those leagues as early as 1867 or 1883. But it was just it was just kind of one off players. It was like one woman played on this team, and she was the only one in the league. And it says there were you know several more. They were going to start a league for uh, for black baseball teams in 1908 in Ohio, and it just kind of never got off the ground. But it looks like all through, you know, from the 1870s, 1880s, all the way up through in the 1930s, they had women playing on the men's teams in the Negro National League. So, I mean, so there were there were one-off people. So here's, here's what I would love to see. I know we're kind of getting off a little bit on a tangent from A League of Their Own, but I'd love to see a movie about that. Sure. Like I would love to see a movie. I mean, pick one of those athletes and show us a movie with the same kind of the same heart and the same kind of storytelling that you get from a league of their own. I'd love to see more of that story. You know, like you just said, from that one 10 to 15 second scene, that's that's got me going. I want to see more of that. Do you have a favorite player or a favorite character and, and tie that in with maybe while they're playing in the baseball games, but also kind of their backstory as we learn more about them on the bus and in the house. Do you have a favorite player on the team?
0: I liked all the way may <laughs> she cracked me up, man. I like seeing Madonna there. It was just perfect. I really enjoyed her role in the movie. Well,
2: she's a, she's a great athlete. She gets home runs all the time. That's why they call her all the way. May. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. What was it? Hi, I'm all the way may. And that's not just my name. That's like a, my way of life or whatever. She said it
3: yeah, it's like it's an attitude.
0: Yeah. It's an attitude. No may that's it wasn't all the way may. It was may. And uh, that's not just my name, but that's my attitude. See, right? Because yeah. you may. And it's just like, oh my god, that is awesome.
3: I don't know if I have a favorite ball player on the team. I, I they're, they're all, they're all great, and some, some of them I are, are very stereotypical of people you see on different sports teams. I'm especially thinking of Rosie O'Donnell's character who's always repeating everything. Yeah. You know, like I, I know people I've, I've played games with people like that that are always, you know, whatever they say, they say it twice.
2: I love that first scene with her when they, when they are showing up to the field for the tryouts. And she's like, you know, she, both she and Madonna, she's like, well, you know, some of you are going to have to go home. What do you mean? Some of us. And then they throw the ball and Gina Davis catches it with one hand. And she's like, some of them are going to some of them are going to have to go home. How did you do that? Like her, her just the immediate change in her demeanor.
3: Yeah, she she did a really nice job with this role. I, I mean, again, they they're all a, a lot of fun. They're they're really fun characters, and I think they all bring a genuineness to them you know they're they're very passionate about playing ball but they're also very passionate about the lives that they left behind to be able to play ball and throughout the movie you get a sense that they're still connected to that life you know they 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 they're finding balance between playing ball and or then having to choose what is life going to be like at the end of the season
0: yeah, and without putting a card too much ahead of the horse, but, like, you know, that there's a war on and many of their husbands are fighting it, and that telegram scene was, yeah, that was very sobering.
3: Yeah, what did Dennis say about that scene? He just said it's it's very, very powerful.
2: Dennis was not able to make it to our recording tonight, but he's, we always like to have him on whenever we talk about baseball movies, because he's also a, a big baseball fan. He had mentioned that some of the some of the cast, when they were preparing for... The baseball training it was done here in Chicago, and it was where his dad had coached swimming. Um, I think it's at
0: IAT. Yeah, yeah,
3: IAT.
2: Yeah, uh, Dennis said uh, if you get a chance to mention that I absolutely love this movie. The ending Hall of Fame scene and the closing credits makes me tear up every time. He said the soldier's wife's the wife of the soldier when he. Gets, when she gets the death notification, is a powerful scene. And he said this, this movie for him, he just hits a home run in all categories, pun intended. Character, story, performances, drama, comedy, action. And he said, I use the quote, if it was easy, everybody would do it repeatedly over the years when he's coaching. And then he loved the balance of the comedy and drama for Tom Hanks.
3: Yeah, Tom Hanks knocked it out of the park. In this. It's one of my favorite things about this movie is you see the growth of Jimmy Dugan, right? You 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 see the women learn confidence in a world that is trying to tell them what they should be, but then you also see Jimmy Dugan softening himself and appreciating the opportunity he has to work with these women, right? Tom Hanks handled that really well and I I think of that scene when uh, Betty Spaghetti gets that notification uh, letting her know that her husband was killed in the war and you know, Jimmy Dugan grabs her and just holds her and tries to comfort her And you definitely don't get a sense that that's what he would have done as the character he was when he's first introduced or his first couple of ballgames. And, you know, for all the characters, it's a slow progression throughout the film to show that growth and to show that change. And I I love that relationship between Jimmy and Dottie and the mutual respect and almost kind of like, you know, they learn to see each other as equals You know and and what they do for each other and you know she gets him to quit drinking right she hands him a bottle of coke or something on the bus and you know he encourages her to fight when it gets too hard You know, that's, that's one of the best scenes, one of the best lines in the movie, one of the best scenes in the movie when he's like, look, you want to go back to Oregon and have a million kids, a hundred kids or whatever. Great. I'm in no place to tell you how to run your life, but quitting, you know, walking out, quitting, quitting, you're going to regret that, you know, and she said, and she alludes to the fact that, you know, things just got too hard. You know, I'm going to pull up the quote because I just want to get it, make sure I get it right let me google that for you if you want to go back to oregon and make 100 babies great i'm in no position to tell anyone how to live but sneaking out like this quitting you'll regret it for the rest of your life baseball is what gets inside you it's what lights you up you can't deny that and she says it just got too hard and he says it's supposed to be hard if it wasn't hard everyone would do it the hard is what makes it great you know i love that line i love that scene And I love the fact that it's interchangeable. You take baseball out of that and put in whatever it is you're struggling with. And if it's something you're passionate about, you have to keep going with it.
0: Well, and it's interesting because the baseball wasn't hard for her. I mean, that's the whole thing that got me is that, you know, it was all they were talking about baseball. But the only thing that was hard for her was, you know, her sister.
3: Yeah, life. got too hard i mean
0: because like the baseball wasn't like the schedule was fine the life was fine like you know her husband seemed to enjoy bay you know no one's shooting at me i'm just gonna go watch my wife play baseball like
1: right he was the best he's like that's my wife
0: yeah i know so it was interesting because you know either a she was just copying an excuse it's just too hard like You know, to which really it was like, okay, well, this isn't about that. Or, you know, even within the bounds of the movie, they were speaking about baseball, but it was really about life and family and all that kind of stuff. You know, because, yeah, I don't, I I mean, I I hear exactly what you're saying. I don't mean to say this as in any way, shape or form is like a disagreement because I am not, but the baseball wasn't hard for her. It was having a sister and trying to see her do well and all that, that was the hard piece.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just balancing everything is what was too hard for her. And and then once her husband was back in the picture, you know, trying to prioritize what's important baseball essentially ended at that point, ended her relationship with her sister does she run the risk of baseball potentially ending the relationship with her husband?
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And luckily enough, he was supportive enough to turn the car around and get her back in time. Or, you know, she, she drove back in time for game seven of the world series.
2: So my last question for us, And then if you guys, if anything else you want to add, we can, we can add as well. But my last question for us is the beginning of the movie, which is, you know, this, this entire movie is pretty much a flashback to when she was playing in the forties, the beginning of this movie. She is, you, you get a sense that she's grandma and she hasn't left the room that she's been in for a while. We do learn later on that her husband passed away, you know, the, the winter before, um, did the beginning of the movie and her... You you get a sense that older Dottie has kind of shut herself off from the world. Did that bother anybody? That kind of actually bothered me this time around. I'm like, well, what I know of her character from earlier in the movie, when it's Gina Davis playing her, I mean, she seems like a strong, confident person. She's got struggles, and she, you know, she wanted to check out when things started to get hard. But I'm like... I don't know. I, something about that bothered me this time. Like, I felt like her character should have been different. That, yes, maybe she kind of closed herself off because her husband died recently, but I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed like she was much less sure of herself than I felt like she could have been decades after having played on this team and gone through that experience. I don't know. Did that bother anybody
1: else, or is that just me being weird?
3: It's you being weird.
1: I hadn't thought about it much because I have to admit, as much as I've seen this movie, I've probably seen the first 10 minutes the least of any of the rest of the movie. Mm. I don't know if it's I have a tendency to find it flipping channels or what, but I don't know if I'd seen that scene with Dottie packing the suitcase in years.
3: Okay, What gave you the sense that she hadn't left the house in a while?
1: The way her daughter said something yeah. about it'd be nice if you left the room or something like that.
2: And the kids playing basketball in the in the driveway were like, "Oh, grandma's outside," and grandma left her room, and like everybody was yeah. making a big deal out of it.
0: There must be a fire.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I, something about that it just it kind of caught me this time, and I was like, "Well, that just seems odd." It seems like after everything she went through, decades later, after having lived a life that she would still be that unsure of herself, or, I don't know, I don't know, I just for some reason it kind of, it it stuck with me this time, and it, it bothered me just a little bit.
1: Definitely not in keeping with her character, and I don't know if they ever, except when they show her at the field and feeling like she's back with her girls, I don't know that they ever dive deep enough to explain it.
3: Yeah, something must have happened... And maybe, I mean, maybe it was Bob's death that did it. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess it is odd that she isolated herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you definitely get the sense at the end of the movie that she's distanced herself from her sister. Mm -hmm. Or there... I'm not going to say she distanced herself. We don't know what, but there's that there's distance between them. They're not as close as they were. You definitely get that sense. And I think and I I like the the angle that, you know, there's Dottie walking around by herself and here's Kit with her full family.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Dottie always seemed to I mean, she never wanted to go play baseball. She really didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was Kit kind of got her going. And then she was the one that wanted to quit, too. Like, yeah, Bob and I, we got some land in Oregon or wherever they were going. You know, so she was, I don't want to say reluctant, because once they got playing, I mean, she was like the one that was like, oh, we need to do something to fire up. I'll do full splits and catch the ball. You know, like, I mean, she was all in, but she seemed kind of like the reluctant hero, right? And you just wonder... You know, if, that, if we kind of reverted a little bit to that, especially after she became advanced in ages and her husband passed on and, and so forth. That, that was kind of like, you know, my gut reaction to that situation.
2: All right. Well, do you guys have anything else? Before we jump into our three questions, got anything else you want to say about a league of their own?
1: Is there a more iconic... Tom, I mean, Tom Hanks has a billion iconic moments, but there's no crying in baseball has to be top five.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: The look on his face. I watched it twice this time around. Just the sheer incredulity that he is displaying. What is happening right now? <laughs> My manager, blah, 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 blah. So good.
3: <laughs> I always like when the when the umpire walks up and he's like, what's going on? And he just looks at the umpire and he's like, she's crying, sir.
1: <laughs> this that whole thing. He's just so, he's like, I, I, I don't know how to handle this. I was not trained for this moment.
2: <laughs> well, and, and what's great is that line. I was told line... there
1: would be no crying.
2: Yeah. Well, that, uh, what, what's great is that line can be adapted to so many things.
1: Oh, I know, and it has been, and will yeah. continue to be.
2: Yeah. There's no crying in tech support.
3: <laughs> Actually, there is again. Things. You know, unfortunately,
1: just, there is yeah. lots it, of it. <laughs>
3: It show, it, there
1: probably it, shouldn't be, but... It
3: showcases the growth, though, of of Jimmy Dugan and Tom Hanks' portrayal of Jimmy oh, Dugan. Oh, yeah. It, you know, you, to go from that and the way he's just screaming at Evelyn because he's just pissed mm-hmm. to that moment at the end when she does the same thing. And, you know, he's keeping it together. And, and you can tell he's struggling to keep oh, it yeah. together. I'm but really... But, Good I need I, you
1: to work on that for next year. But
3: no, hold on, hold on though. Hold on. Because I think that in his struggle to keep, to keep it together, what's making him angry isn't the same thing that made him angry the first time? Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. There's, not. Something, yeah.
3: there's something totally different that's, that's getting to him about the fact that, that she blew, off, blew the cutoff person. right? It, it's not about the fact that, you know, she doesn't know how to play baseball. The frustration is definitely something different. Which I love. I love the fact that, that it's coming from a, a, a managerial position of yes. wanting players to succeed. Right. You know, the, and then to still keep it together and, and not blow up at her. The right? frust- that, the, that whole thing was just, I, I really like that moment.
2: The frustration almost seems like it's more with himself. Like he's like willing himself to be a better manager by reacting to his players in a way that they need to be reacted to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like he, yeah. he's learned how to reach them at their level at, at and meet them at their needs. Right. As opposed to treating them like he was treated when he was a ball player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, this movie is so wonderful. It's so genuine. There's so much heart, not just heart and love of the sport, but heart and love of relationships and people and those in our lives that whether we're with them for a season or we're with them throughout our lives, all of that is in this movie and, and what we're capable of doing and and helping each other do and support each other do. And, you know, just, you, you look at that Dottie Jimmy relationship and how it grew and, and, you know, when he offers her the tobacco and, you know, his, that's his little way of of bringing her in and and saying we're equals we're mm-hmm. equal now yeah. you know and the, and then later when she spits and he's like oh it was a good one you mm-hmm. know like sounded good yeah like it i don't know there's just so, there there's so much that's very special about this movie which i guess circling back to the very beginning of this episode that trailer just kind of pisses me off because it just yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't touch on any any of this and it, it it sets the women up to be the butt of the jokes in the movie and that's just not what happens are they yeah i guess at some points they are but that's not what this movie's about and and it's it's just a shame that that's where the trailer landed and i hope that it didn't dissuade people from wanting to see this movie
2: so if you haven't seen A League of Their Own, go watch it, but don't go watch the trailer.
3: No. Don't. Avoid the trailer. Screw, like the plague. Screw yeah. the trailer. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Avoid the trailer, Jimmy Dugan. There you go. Uh,
0: there yeah, you go. that's awesome. That is awesome. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan.
1: <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> uh, Solid. All right. Solid advice.
2: All right. On that note, three questions.
0: He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your souls. John, if I, if I may, I apologize. I no, didn't it. squeak this one in before you put the bit. The soundtrack was phenomenal. The soundtrack yes. was just amazing. And I, it's it's all just big band swing, and it is so great to listen to. And there's times that it's kind of diegetic music but it's not but it's the soundtrack and then they'll they'll alter it to fit the scene and i wish i had examples to give you but like they'll need it to oh well we're just gonna have like this drum roll going in the middle of it and it fit with whatever was going on in the scene so just fantastic music great to listen to i think really represented what was going on in the show or in the story and in a period-appropriate uh, way, because it was all like big man swing. So I just had so much fun listening to the soundtrack. So that's all I got to say about
2: that. All right, question number one of our three questions. If you could take one ride on a team or athlete's tour bus, whose would it be?
1: The Madden Cruiser. Boom.
2: I can just see him drawing lines on the map.
1: I know. Yeah. We're going to go here, then we're going to go here, we're going to hit the sizzler here, and then <laughs> the Waffle House there, and then we're going to make it to practice right in time.
2: <laughs> we're going to drive up I-94, and, you know, the, the guy that gets there first is the one that drives the fastest. Thanks, John. <laughs>
1: oh, love it. Everything about it.
2: I know what my answer is, but I don't want to steal Jeff's answer, and I think it could be <laughs> similar. So.
3: <laughs> you mean the 2016 Chicago Cubs? There we go. Although I... I'm hesitant to say that only because, like, you know, they say you shouldn't meet your heroes. Right. I hold that team in such high regard that I would be afraid that I would learn something about them or some of the individuals that would make it really difficult to appreciate the accomplishment of that season. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd want to be on any tour bus. Yeah. But if I had to choose, I mean, come on. 2016... 2016
2: Cubs. And see, that was going to be my answer too, because my first answer would have been the 1992 Dallas Cowboys. But for the same reason, because knowing what I know now about that Dallas Cowboys team, I don't know how many guns or how much cocaine would have been on that tour bus. And I don't know that I want to have met <laughs> A my <fair> heroes. <laughs> So knowing what some of those gentlemen got in trouble for later, so that's why I kind of went the route of, I feel like all the stories we saw, like when you see it on, on the news, that it seemed like the 2016 Cubs, it was just like a fun group of guys to be like, it looked like they were having fun while they were winning games, you know, yeah. having fun outside of the games, so I, that, that's why that one would have been my choice, otherwise I'd probably say 92 Cowboys
0: well this one's hard it'd have to be like a race team or something like that i I, honestly my favorite rider was nikki hayden and the the year that he won the the world title was pretty epic with some pretty incredible races and and uh, i think that would be pretty awesome just to kind of ride around on that and watch him ride and and do all that kind of thing so yeah, I'd say the 06, not that they did tour buses. I mean, they basically flew in private jets from one area of the world to the other. But, you know, the figurative tour bus, I'd say the 06 MotoGP and Nicky Hayden's uh, Honda crew would be fun. Oh, well, what have you got?
1: Oh, I said the Madden Cruiser already. Sorry, oh, I thought Madden you were to question... That's
2: right. What am I... Yeah.
1: I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm moving on to question two. I've You're been thinking mentioned.
0: about this one all day. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Madden Cruiser. Yeah, Madden Cruiser. You already said that one. All right. Sorry, my brain had reset to the second to the second question. Well, because I was having trouble.
2: No, I I was expecting you to say something like the '85 Bears, so I think that's why. I was no,
1: thinking. I No, uh, dovetailing on what you said. Mm-hmm. I know some of them personally now. Yeah. I don't know if I could have hung no. with them.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Just, yeah.
2: Don't meet your heroes. Oh, me, meeting them was great.
1: I love those guys. <laughs> don't get to, don't I get acquainted. Not, with your I mean, I was at I was a champ in my early 20s. Don't get me wrong, but uh-huh. I got nothing on those guys.
3: Bo did cocaine like nobody's business in his, 20s, in his early 20s. They're,
1: they're, the stories that I've heard, and, you know, fish, t- fish stories at best, but, man, even if half of what I've heard over the years is true, couldn't do it.
2: I'd be dead. I used to go over to Bo's house every once in a while. It was like the scene from Scarface. <laughs>
1: With some action figures on the wall, let's yeah. not forget.
0: It's, it was what like what goes a... on in these, what goes on in those tech department meetings, guys?
1: It was crazy. Oh, go over, brother! You,
2: you, it was crazy. <laughs> you go over to Bo's house for a party, and he's he's sitting there just a a mound of powder on the kitchen table, and he's pointing to his Star Trek plates, going, "Say hello to my little plates." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, no. I imagine,
0: oh. I, imagine, I imagine something like the cruise boat scene in The Wolf on Wall Street.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: Where they, everybody say, hey, ho!" Oh, as their arms are flopping, you just see the dust flying. And... Mm-hmm. All right. Number
2: two, if you, were to say, if you were sent to etiquette school, what would you struggle with the
3: most? <laughs> Behaving myself in etiquette school.
1: Are you right? Like the whole thing sounds like something I would not do well.
3: Like, I'd I'd very much be like Kit, who, like, just giggles. Giggles. Like, a lady reveals nothing.
1: I, my dad, big on, you know how parents, like, have a thing that drives them crazy? Mm -hmm. I think all parents, like, do this. My dad,
0: to this day.
3: I call them my children. kids
0: <laughs> ah, <laughs> Jeff! I was... at ah, Jeffrey! I was said the same thing at the same yeah. time. That's hilarious. Well done, boys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I,
1: I'm trying to show this, but my camera doesn't show it. My dad has a thing with elbows on the table. Drives him nuts. To this day, elbows off the table. I am... F- Forty years old (laughs) Put my elbow on the table if I want to. So that's probably where I would struggle the most. But really the whole thing wouldn't go so good.
3: I would would not do well. I'm good with the silverware
1: though. I'm actually really good with like the forks and stuff.
3: I still struggle when I have to say the word duty when we talk about like Yes The the duty of the president. (laughs) Like Or doo
1: doo or
2: I oh, yeah. would
3: not be well in etiquette school at well, all.
2: I already twice earlier today in an admin meeting, somebody said, well, we do do have to do this. And I'm like, they said do do twice. And
3: I was like, come on,
1: guys. It's, it's, it, when that stuff happens, game over. I, I got nothing. <laughs> By the way, the one place wearing masks is great is when that happens because you can snicker to yourself and nobody knows.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Mine would also be the, I, I would struggle with the elbows on the table because I put my elbows on the table all the time. And we, I was actually telling the kids this the other day we had, when I was uh, in England in school, we, when you have lunchtime, it was like family style lunch. So we had these big long tables and it was either one of the older boys or a teacher or the principal of the school sitting at the head of the table. And the principal we had was this older man and he spoke so slowly and he spoke in ways that no one understood. And so a lot of time, and he had a thing about, you know, table manners and etiquette and, and stuff like that. I vividly remember there was a time that he pointed to this kindergartner that was sitting at our table, and he just goes, Eagle, your wings are showing. And that was his way of telling a five year old that he needed to take his elbows off the table. And we're all just sitting there going, What is this guy talking about? And he yeah. repeated it several times. Eagle. Your wings, are on. Uh, your your wings are showing, and finally, like a couple of us figured out, we're like, okay, kid, the elbows off That's what he's. Yes, it's the elbows. Get him off the table. And it's like, what planet are we on? Yeah,
0: jeez. So, all right. Did we get yours, Pat? I don't know. I I yeah. I'd struggle with a lot of stuff. I'd struggle with a lot of stuff.
2: I feel like you Baby would go head first into your soup. You'd just fall asleep.
0: Yeah, you know, language, appropriate mealtime conversation. I'd probably struggle with those things. Mm
2: -hmm. All right, number three. You immediately gain the skills to pay the bills uh, for one sport, and you get to play that sport professionally for one season. What sport dost thou choose?
0: Motorcycle racing.
3: All right, Pat has motorcycle racing. Oh, that was going to be mine. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Plenty of room in the motorcycle racing.
3: I'm totally kidding, that. It was not going to be mine at all. You can sit in the sidecar. See, that I would do. Pat, oh. get a motorcycle with a sidecar, and I'll join you.
0: I'm just going to ask, because like any excuse to talk about motorcycles, have you ever seen sidecar, motorcycle sidecar racing?
2: No, I just was saying that as a joke.
0: So I'll send some videos. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, well, all right. Now I'm curious. I'll watch some videos. Bo, what do you got?
1: Probably baseball.
3: I know it's simplistic because it's what we
1: just watched, but you know what? That's what I would like to do.
3: Agreed. What position would you want to play? Ooh, see.
1: I'm healthy, I'm young, and all that jazz. I would probably still want to be the catcher. I loved that when I was playing Little League and whatnot. But, you know, as I got older, like if it was, you know, now, I'd probably just want to be the manager. I'm good. <laughs>
2: That was, if I played, I always
3: wanted to be the catcher. I was good for a hot minute when I was like... Under the assumption that I indeed have the skills that pay the bills, as John put it. You do. I think I'd want to play first base, preferably for the Cubs. But, you know, yeah. if I get to play baseball, then that's good enough.
2: I'm going to be, if this is the thing where we get immediately get the skills that we need to play at a professional level, and then we get to do that for one season. I'm, I'm just Curling. going to go all out and say, I want to play for the New Zealand All Blacks, <laughs> Blacks rugby team. I want to do the whole chanting thing at the beginning and intimidate my opponents. and
1: Go big or go home, man.
2: You know, eat the flesh of my enemies after the game is over. And uh, I think that's going to do it for our three questions and for A League of Their Own. So if you have not seen this, again, avoid the trailer, but go see this movie because it's amazing. It's too important
3: to not see.
2: Yeah, don't don't go to the trailer. So we are the 30-something podcast. You can find us at 30podcast.com. Don't forget to check out our website. It's got all the different links where you can find all of our older episodes. We have a little showcasing there of some recent or not so recent episodes that if you have not listened to us before, other than maybe tonight, you have some episodes that are kind of a good showcase of our most popular ones. So we've got some good stuff up there. And actually, pretty recently, we had a new addition to that. One of our more recent episodes just got a bunch of downloads very very quickly so
3: that was me i was having trouble with my phone
2: oh you downloaded that one episode like 500 times
3: yeah okay it was good though it was good i enjoyed which
2: episode episode was that again it it seemed like you enjoyed it Uh, that was our my cousin vinny episode in its first in its first week we got a lot of like a lot more downloads than we normally get in the first week of some of our episodes we got a lot for the my cousin Vinny one so
0: nice so it's pretty well thank
2: you everybody yeah, so we, we, apparently we just need to become a My Cousin Vinny podcast. A,
3: I think we, we could swing that. We could do that. The My Cousin Vinny Minute. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>
1: yes. A
2: minute with Vinny. <laughs> the Vinny Minute. There we go. The Vinny Minute. The Vinny Minute. Vinny Minute podcast. Try saying that three times real fast.
3: On all the different- that, bump on that movie where they, that they spell Vinny with a Y? Is that just me? that my okay never yeah. mind let's move on
2: yeah i mean i thought about it for like a hot second but other than that
3: no nah, i don't know it yeah. sticks sticks out of my mind okay
2: right.
3: vinnie spelled with a y i don't understand i don't understand why vinnie spelled with a y okay I, but. It,
2: it is that's a fact so you can also find us, uh, 30podcast.com is our website. You can find us in all the different social media spots, at 30podcast is what we typically are. Our next episode's coming up for the rest of the month of February are a lot of our female-centric movies that we're looking at. So we've got our Patreon is going to be favorite movies. Our women in film is kind of that, uh, that episode, so it's going to be a lot of different questions related to women in film. I think we're all feverishly working on that one right now to nail down our choices for those different categories. We've also got coming up next week is basic instinct after that is single white female after that is sister act. And then we finished the month uh, with a recommendation from Jason Colvin from the surely can't be serious podcast. Jennifer was his suggestion for us. Would that out. be
3: Jason Colvin from the podcast full of kryptonite
2: and podcast full of kryptonite. That's also a great podcast. If you haven't listened I to that did. one, I
3: enjoy that one. It's I enjoy that one.
2: Two thirds yeah. of, of the hosts are amazing.
3: oh they're all awesome they They do a great job that's really not nice to say about Jason
2: maybe I was saying it about D
3: (laughs) (laughs) this is is between you and them now my friend (laughs) no 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 no. it's self effacing
2: March is we've got Far and Away and at that point we're hitting our 400th episode so we are redoing the first we're going to do Gremlins, Ghostbusters and Nightmare on Elm Street for our 400th episode this time minus mariachi bands and the crunching of tacos for the rest of March, we've got The Last of the Mohicans, Scent of a Woman, and The Bodyguard, our Patreon in March. We're going to do the 1982 movie Death Trap, which is reaching its 40th anniversary this year. Did I ask before, I, or Jeff, you may not have been on before, have you guys seen that one? Have you seen Death Trap?
3: I've seen the play. Okay. When, when, I, when The theater that I used to work at, that was part of our subscription season one year, so oh, nice. I, I was very, very familiar with that play. Okay, okay.
2: It is a, I'm I'm. Just gonna, I'm just going to, I'm going to blow the surprise right now. I have a lot of fun watching it. Like, I watched it for the first time of, a few years ago, and I don't know, just the combination of Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve, it was just a fun movie. And then let's see, we've got in April, uh, our Patreon in April is reaching its, what would that be, 70th anniversary is the movie. So we're going to be doing that one in April as our Patreon. And then we've got Patriot Games, Under Siege, A Few Good Men, and Universal Soldier.
0: Movies are looking good for 92
2: Got some good ones. Got some really good ones coming up.
0: There was a movie
3: I came across recently in '92, or a '92 movie. What was it? I wasn't sure. Radio Flyer. Is that on our list of movies to do this year? Radio Flyer. That's a good question.
2: Let me if consult not, we, the list.
3: We may have to consider putting that one on there. Okay. Although Pat may not like it. Oh. Okay. Children, children in peril and such. Oh. But Elijah would. Mm-hmm incredible performance in that film
2: okay it is I don't believe it is currently on our list well we should look into that okay so maybe we can maybe we'll consider that one if for, possible if, if possible oh yeah yeah we, we have some spots uh, we have some Patreon spots open and then we can always you know throw some stuff in there here and there what it's not like we have day jobs or anything so we can do that no no the children practically teach themselves
3: well you know that's what their Chromebooks are for <laughs>
2: Don't say that too loud around Bill. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And thank you, gents, for being here with me.
3: Hey, thank you, John, for
0: uh, getting on. Thank you, John.
2: All right. See you next time, everybody.